Hey guys, it's Trisha Carr. I have new exciting things going on with my Mystic Arts Academy. You can now subscribe to receive all of the live monthly content for about a third of the investment of a single class. Included are at least one downloadable guided meditation per month, two live events ranging from classes, channeled messages, group readings, intuitive development guidance, Q&A sessions, and tons of community. You'll also have access to a private Facebook community for fellowship and support, and this space is kept super sacred and high vibrational. Your subscription gives you access to the whole library of classes and live events, which are on a vast array of topics. All events are offered online by Zoom video call, and many are also offered live in person at my studio here in Los Angeles. Subscribing to the Mystic Arts Academy is also a way for you to support the Charmed Life podcast and engage on a deeper level. I'm offering the subscription at a super low rate of $22 a month. Joining now locks in this rate for as long as you're subscribed. Click on the description of this episode or go to my website, trishacarcharm.com, and click on Mystic Arts Academy. I look forward to connecting. Welcome to Charmed Life, a multimedia podcast discussing spirituality, magic, and the unconditional love of the universe. Thanks for tuning in. And I am your host, Trisha Carr. Welcome to this very special episode. I say that every time, don't I? Well, I have a really exciting guest. I just came across his work and we're just we're vibing so much and I, I I'm I'm not gonna talk too much in advance, but his name is Thomas Miller. He's a podcaster. He has two podcasts, one that is daily called Fun Astrology, that I really want you to get going on and tell me all about what's going on astrologically, and also subconscious mind mastery, which has been since 2013. Wow. He's also an audiobook narrator for a couple of authors, Fred Dodson and Stephen Forrest. So welcome to the program. Thomas Miller. Trisha, thank you so much. I really appreciate the invitation. Love your work too. And thank you for having me. Well, we you you went in like a, a really diligent guest and you looked at some of my stuff and and I'm really glad you did. Not that I expect people to do uh, you know, prep, but it's really cool because we're vibing on on the work that each of us is doing and we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Well, and I'll tell you, after I looked at it, I got intimidated. I had to do no. a lot of meditating. Oh, stop for- that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm intimidated. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's so or knocking the cover off the ball. Congratulations <laughs> for putting the message out and doing your work yeah it's phenomenal well well I'll tell you so subconscious mind mastery I can't believe it well you know we we unfold things when we're ready to unfold them sure. it's a really really great podcast so I don't know if you know this because I don't know if I've mentioned it on any of the work that you may have seen in mine but I'm a hypnotherapist I'm a clinical hypnotherapist it's something that I just added into what I do and as in the last year and I'm actually still finish, mm. finishing my residency in college as a clinical hypnotherapist but I I am um, so subconscious mind mastery is like <laughs> my jam, right? <laughs> right in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually, exactly. I did a um, I did a talk at 
a, a retreat uh, just this past year. And I actually, the name of the, the talk that I did, the workshop I did was called Quantum Mind Mastery. So <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> some synchronicity there. <laughs> cool. No, for sure. You know, I've thought about getting into it and then I just look at my time commitments. Yeah. And right now the audiobooks are part of where the energy is. Yeah. This work that Majana, my partner and I, and she has her own podcast called Life After Life. Yes. The work that we're doing together is really taking off. Um, the two podcast numbers are just going through the roof. So I figure right now, you just leave, you know, lean into the energy that's there and that's where it is. So I'll get there one day. Absolutely. And I, yeah, I was actually doing something really along the lines of hypnotherapy and using hypnosis because, you know, meditation and hypnosis, that's really about getting into the state and, and uh, working with the subconscious mind. But it, in, for a while, I was essentially doing that. And then I came across, you know, this hypnotherapy college, which kind of just gave me a new lens. And um, so, yeah, we, what, where the energy is, we are so, we are omnidimensional there. We're, we have endless supply of excitement about things that we <laughs> want to do. <laughs> so, well, I'll, so. I'll tell you what, this whole hypnotherapy subconscious package mm -hmm is something that could we just you want to just go deep right off the bat here yes yes All five right. four three two one zero deep sleep <laughs> okay <All right. laughs> well people can binge i get these as you do too i'm sure you get these emails of people that say oh i've been binging on your podcasts mm -hmm. and that's one of the most honoring things in the world oh. that somebody would take their time to listen to not just one but you know, to binge i mean i think of that yeah. so they can binge on the story but basically uh in a real short synopsis i was raised in a very fundamental family mm -hmm. and environment fundamental christian baptist and bible church background in tulsa oklahoma mm -hmm. and i mean you know not only the buckle of the bible belt but that little <laughs> you know the thing that sticks out that goes in the in the hole i mean we're talking the middle of the buckle of the bible belt <laughs> environment Oral Roberts University was just down the down the street, mm -hmm. and um, and that was what I grew up in. And my brother and I, neither of us rebelled, so mm -hmm. we were good little kids. I mean, you would wanted to have been our parents wow. because we were pretty easy, really. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until college that I started questioning it, and and then I basically, you know, as you say in the church, kind of lived a double life, really, oh, for wow. most of my adult life. I tipped my hat to it, but I knew there was something off, but I just did unconscious life, yeah. got married, had kids, did the thing. And mm -hmm. it was all about, you know, one gig to the next. I was producing TV shows mm -hmm. and it was after I got divorced twice at 48 years old that I finally stopped for a year and said, what is it about me that these people don't want to be around? Mm. So I turned the camera in instead of blaming everybody out. And that's what started me on this journey. And the first thing I had to do was throw away that old belief system mm -hmm. because it just, all the prayers and all the fasting and all the Bibles quoting scripture and everything didn't work. And one of the early things I found was Bob Proctor, and mm -hmm. he quoted Warner Von Braun, yeah. NASA uh, Apollo engineer, mm -hmm. who said, you know, basically that we can launch a rocket from a place in Florida, circle the moon, land it on a crater if we wanted to, bring it back and drop it next to a boat because of the physics of the universe. Mm. 
And I thought, you know, with the background I had, which included a, a minor in biblical studies in college, I was going to go into the ministry. Yeah. I thought that makes a lot of sense that the spiritual world would have to have the same symmetry. I love that. And that's what I started looking for. Mm. And that, that, in essence, set the journey in motion 10, 12 years ago. Well, I came across astrology. And that just, to me, that gave me the symmetry. Mm. And I know you've done episodes on uh, sacred geometry. I saw one of those, <laughs> one of your fairly recent episodes on sacred geometry. I mean, it all fits, right? Yeah. It's all angles and lines and math and numbers. So there is the symmetry in the spiritual universe, and that's the beauty of it. Mm. Well, the other part of the little story was this thing about the subconscious, because during this year that I spent in basic, basically isolation, I was working, but I, was, I just completely isolated myself. I actually bought an RV and lived in it for one year. 2009 was the year. That was my intention. And the unexpected benefit of that was that I... Uh, ended up just dissecting my life. And I saw these patterns that would run back and talk about the hypnosis work, you know, where you're able to get in trance. My trance was not hypnotherapy. It was about a bottle and a half of wine at night. <laughs> yeah. And I do not recommend that. I right. would recommend hypnotherapy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? a thousand times over. Mm -hmm. But it did almost in a sense create a trance yeah, state. Absolutely. And I don't drink alcohol at all now. I gave it up almost two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it almost does. And in a trance state, a lot of stuff just started to pour out and I would trace these patterns back. And one of the early patterns that I really isolated and got conscious about was that I had this ingrained fear paradigm, like everything and I remembered an incident from my childhood when a friend and I were playing basketball and the basketball bounced on the, you know, just bounced off the backboard and hit their garage door, which happened to have glass panels across the top. And one of them broke mm -hmm. and I took off running and the very wise neighbor about three or four minutes later, I mean, it wasn't long knock on our door. And she said, you know, come here. It's fine that you guys were playing. That's fine. You, you needed to tell me and come on, we're going to go clean it up. Yeah. You know, and didn't make a big deal out of it. But I real, I remembered that I just came in with this paradigm that the world was not a safe place. Yeah. Well, yes. You know, the more you learn about astrology, you learn about these things called the nodes of the moon mm -hmm. and the nodes of the moon show us what we brought in to this life to resolve mm -hmm. my node of the, my South node of the moon that shows that, that um, background shows a fear-based paradigm. Yeah. Mostly from war. Oof. So, you know, you keep meditating with this kind of thing about, I don't know, six months ago, this is fairly recent. I was getting ready for the day. That's one of my more meditative states, actually, mm -hmm. meditative times of the day. And this thing came to me that, that at some point in the past, here's your hypnotherapy again, there was some kind of a horrific like, ah, and then lights out. Mm. 
like this sudden choo, crescendo and then back to the non-physical. Wow. I was like, wow. Yeah, it was kind of a shakeup, mm. you know, because I really connected with it. I could see the horror of this experience, whatever it was. Mm. Well, then I did a multi-life past life regression session mm -hmm. with a, a guy in um, actually out there in your neck of the woods. Mm. And he walked me back to, it was something in the medieval or just prior to the medieval period. And there was a guillotine involved. Mm. Wow. You know, I mean, that's kind of yeah. when you're, yeah. And you get connected with that, that like, and feel that. Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, well, one more piece of the puzzle, you know, right now we are under one of the most fascinating and rare astrological and astronomical configurations that only happens once every 250 years. It's when the planet Saturn and yes. Pluto conjoin they're literally in alignment in the sky with one each one another uh, in the sign of Capricorn and that's the key they align every about 28 29 years but not in Capricorn and that's significant because Saturn rules Capricorn so this is all taking place in Cap in Saturn's home yeah. basically mm. now if we walk back that energy basically it is massive transformational shifts of eras in history. It's when the United States was born was under that, basically. When it when uh, Saturn and Pluto were conjoined or? Actually, Pluto was just in Capricorn. Saturn was oh, over on the other side of the chart. Okay. But okay. that's how powerful having Pluto, see the, the, the domino string is Pluto hits Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Saturn triggered it from the other side of the chart. And then Pluto moves into Aquarius, and that's where the main change happens. And and what is the timing on this? So is the conjoining between Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn now and for approximately how long? And I have to say, I'm a Cap moon, so I love me my Cap. I love my sea goatedness. <laughs> oh, you have been affected. <laughs> You've been feeling it. Yeah. Wowzer. <laughs> I'm, I'm Pisces, Pisces sun, Cap moon. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, what is the timing on that? No, definitely. So you've got a sextile going with with the Pisces to Capricorn. And then, well, the actual conjunction happened on January 12, 2020. Okay. okay. That's when they were at the exact number of 22 degrees, 46 minutes. Mm. But this is a, these are slow movers. Yes. It's exactly. Pluto 20 years around to go through a sign and it takes Saturn two and a half years to go through a sign. So this is nothing fast. Not to mention the energies surrounding it. You know, I know that for folks who, for whom their life is dedicated to this work, mm -hmm. I, we, we feel it, I especially feel it in advance of whatever it is, honestly, even if it's something that's going on here, you know, social politically or something or some kind of e event that might be an act of God or nature. And I, I feel the tension. And then when it finally happens, I'm like, oh God, I can rest <laughs> because it's the tension <laughs> leading up to it. I guess we're anchoring and... And then that's kind of when the bulk of, of the energy is there, but the, the breaking the seal actually. And then, but on the other side, the post shadow, as we call it for like Mercury retrograde and stuff, there's, it's, mm -hmm. it's the energies around it too, correct? Would you agree? I think totally. Yeah. 
And if you look at the transits, probably, I've got a chart up over here, probably, um, I would say the last six to 12 months, depending on your sensitivity and your own planets in your own chart. Yes, that also leads, because it's not like... There are certain times, even if we talk about something like Mercury retrograde, there are certain retrogrades that or other events that I'm I'm a little bit peppy when it's going on. And other times mm-hmm. it's a bit more dense and it has to do with your particular grid, you know, what it is that you are, what you're aligning with specifically. Absolutely. Yeah. Your energy definitely is at play, but globally, and that's my fun astrology podcast. I just look at where everything is globally. They're the same planets and the same energies that affect you in Los Angeles, me in Texas, and somebody in in Africa and somebody in Australia. You know, it it just, it doesn't matter. We're all under that energy at that moment for that day. I look at that a lot, probably differently. I don't do the horoscopes. It's like, these are the energies and then how that affects you. That's where you have to get to know your own chart. That's the journey, right? Yes. And that's, that's a really great way to present it, I think, is in that, because I actually do, I work with the moon, and so I'll present the, mm-hmm. the sort of global lunar energy, but we all have our personal lunar cycle as well. So, you know, how you relate and knowing your own personal lunar cycle is like only you can know that and how you bring, what energy you're bringing to the global experience. So if you look at something like numerology, we have a global, a universal year, but then you have a personal year that you're part of your you know that you're going that you're working with and but that's that's a really beautiful way to present it with the kind of global or universal perspective and al- allow that's, the individual to find their sovereignty and their response to it that's absolutely right you know it truly is it is the weather right yeah. they call it the yeah. astrological weather well it is the weather and whether you're wearing a raincoat or using an umbrella or staying indoors all day or whatever is your own experience of mm-hmm. the weather right mm-hmm. so that's a that's a pretty good way to look at it i, I think know. the ramp up has been maybe about a year uh certainly 6 months prior to january 12th mm-hmm. we're going to be in it for the next year basically 2020 we're not getting away from the macro energy that is so transformative. I mean, this is such transformational energy. The last time they were together in Capricorn, Martin Luther nailed the 95 theses to the Catholic church door and said, we're not doing this way anymore, right? The last time before that, that they were together in Capricorn was 1284. It was the end of the dark ages and the beginning of the Renaissance. Mm. So one thing that we have historically is that after the wars are over and after the transformation is complete, it is historically far better on the other side. Yes. So whatever this is for us, I think we are going to be far better on the other side. We just have to get through the unknowns of what it's going to take to get there. And I don't know. I don't do predictive stuff. I don't know. But it's the energy is certainly there. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I do know numerology just a little or do, you know, kind of work with that system a little bit, that modality is we're in a four year, a global four year. And four is the energy of building. It's also becoming mm-hmm. it's the energy of being a teacher and becoming a teacher. And it's also the energy of essentially it's the Gaia number because it represents the four elements, but the building blocks. And then when we get into the personal or the global five year, we add into it the fifth element of Aether. And so that's when the you know things really start to shift and change. 
And so all of that really feels like, you know, for this next year, we're in that energy. And if you think about building, it's also alchemy, transmutation, and it's it's in the thick of it. It's it's all a part of it. I think the four is just as much fun as the five or, you know, the seven <laughs> in truth. It's all it's all an amazing journey. Mm -hmm. When I looked at this for the first time. So, OK, so just a couple of things on Saturn, Pluto, Saturn yeah. dances back and forth into Aquarius, goes retrograde back into Capricorn back into Aquarius, back into retrograde Capricorn twice this year. So we're going to bounce, bounce. And then finally it takes off into Aquarius. And I'm sorry, Saturn does it one time. Pluto does it twice. Pluto starts in 2023. And finally, by 2024, it is fully on into Aquarius. So we're in the big macro of this for you know, if you look back historically, 30 to 50 years to complete the changes that get triggered right now. Mm. Now, here's what happened. So back to the little story of the fear and the guillotine and all of that. Yeah. When I'm looking at this, I'm thinking whatever happens in the macro all also happens in the micro, right? Yes. So if we're conscious and we're awake and we're aware of these energies, then we can get on the positive sides of Saturn and Pluto, right. which is all about transformation. Always. Of our soul, mm -hmm. right? So it's almost like we came, we all collectively, collectively, we all came to this earth at this time for this energy. Mm -hmm. You don't think we didn't know that we were going to have this opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's like, bring your bag of stuff because you're going to get to really deal with it if you wake up. Right. So what happened is um, Majana and I were doing a walk on the Sunday before the conjunction. So one week before January 12th. And what happened is <laughs> it was kind of funny. When you get up to my age, these things now start to uh, become a factor that we were down at the there was a turnaround point and it was 30 minutes back to the bathroom. And I'm going, uh oh, OK, time to use your tools. You know, <laughs> you can make it. I can make it. I'm going to be OK. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be all right. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, I'll just create that the bathroom is empty. There's this playground and there's just one um facility there and it's pretty busy and it was a beautiful day beautiful afternoon and right in the middle of Sunday morning everybody's out walking and I just thought oh this is going to be interesting so uh, I just thought you know I just did our typical little creating that the bathroom is empty uh -huh. and I mean instantly I got this oh no it's not it'll be full you know the cars will be lined up and there will be five people out there and you're going to be you know in out of luck and my turnaround with that was first to observe it, just observe the thought, mm -hmm. and then to ask, where did this come from? Yeah. Why? Wait a minute. Yeah, I'm the guy with 200 podcasts about this. Where? Well, what's up? <laughs> well, they don't apply to you. Like, you know, the work that you do doesn't apply to you. That's what I, sometimes I'm like, <laughs> <Hello>? oh. <laughs> yeah. I've had like a student or a client like or my assistant like parrot back to me my own words. And I'm like, OK, no, no, no. Right. But that's, no, that's it's like so you, fun, it though. starts here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's I mean, and my whole podcast has been a 
just a uh, diary of my own stories. Mm -hmm. So I love playing with this because it's like, wow, okay. So that's what I did. I was like, where did this come from? Mm -hmm. And I just asked inside and I started to do some little muscle testing and, and intuitive listening and, and had this little dialogue for about the next 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And basically what I asked was, was this, did this, okay, so this is subconscious, right? Yes, mm -hmm. okay. Was it a belief? Was it a creative belief? No, very clear. I do a little muscle test. I was doing two kinds. I do this where you rub your fingers together and uh -huh. you get friction. Okay. I was doing that. And then I also do one where I, you know, show me a yes and like it'll lock down oh, and show sure. me a no and it'll break loose like uh -huh, that. Uh -huh. So I was playing with that. And when you do the finger rubbing, are you, are you feeling for a certain kind of resonance temperature, you know, for me, it charge? goes smooth. Like okay. the fingers will just, just oh, really freely move. Okay. There's no, t it's almost like they're, they're greased with okay. olive oil or something. Mm -hmm. And then the, the other side, a no, is they get so sticky, you can almost not move them hmm. together. That's fascinating. So there's a basically a really strong ob observational scientific approach there because we're talking about skin conducting. You're kind of doing your own biofeedback. There's your skin conductant. Mm -hmm. When you put biofeedback skin conductance on someone, instantly the moisture on the surface of the skin changes with the, the, this, the exact moment of a thought that is discordant or um, harmonious, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking at? What's the opposite of discordant? Resonant, you know, a resonant thought, mm -hmm. feeling, mm -hmm. experience, state. And so that's really cool. I've never heard of the finger rubbing one. That's really, I, I'm not, my deal, my, mine is just like the feeling, like my whole yeah. body. And it's usually centered around the heart and the, the solar plexus area. And that's the other is I, I love, you know, the easiest way to explain it is Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's the blink, yeah. you know, don't think about it. It's the blink. Mm -hmm. And you get that feeling, like you say, you yeah. get it generally in the solar plexus area. Uh -huh. So the dialogue was, yes, this was subconscious. It was not in this lifetime. So then I asked, well, okay, was it mom's womb? Mm -hmm. No. Was it before that? Yes. And then I remembered the guillotine session yeah. under hypnosis. Yeah. And I said, was it related to that? Yes. And I mean, clear yes. <laughs> you know, yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was that ding, ding, ding. We had found the source. Okay. Wow. So it goes back to that. So there's the source of the fear. Yeah. So that put that whole thing together. And then I just kept walking and just stayed with that. No thought really just mm -hmm. walking. And then the perception came that it was not, you know, typically with a guillotine and I don't want to be crude here, but I want you to get the magnitude of this for a soul that was imprinted with this emotion mm -hmm. that was dragged through centuries of life, multiple lifetimes, finally culminating under Saturn and Pluto and being exposed on a walk around the park. Wow. I know. Pretty amazing. It is. The guillotine was not face down. It was face up. Oh. And there was the. My goodness. Okay, a few steps later, it was not a guillotine, 
what I saw very clearly, and you can appreciate this, having studied and practicing hypnotherapy, that again, the walk is kind of a form of trance for me. Definitely. So I think that there's that same connection. And what it even magnified a little bit more, and I saw, you know, typical medieval kind of thing, hooded, the medieval axes, you know, those big axes like this, mm -hmm. and a foot up on my chest. And they were literally just whack, 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 <whistles> lights out. Mm. Now, would you think that Earth was a safe place? <laughs> right. <laughs> would not, you think that, that any form well and look at what how everything now goes into a thread and like i said folks i really didn't want to shock you or offend with that no 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 it's open today we're you know that that's kind of gruesome um and think about it from this standpoint all you have to do is just i mean all i did was just observe i was like wow Man, I get it now. Yeah. Woo, okay. So running away from breaking the glass, I'm going to be a kid. I'm going to get my head cut off. Right. I'm just a kid, mm -hmm. you know? I'm only reacting to what I brought in with me. Uh-oh, broken glass in the garage, angry mom, trial, sentencing, punishment. Yeah. Right? For real. That's what it feels uh, like. That's the experience, the state that is happening and and so right with that that the, the little kid running from the broken glass is truly the same state as being at the guillotine it really is boss calls you down to his or her office <sighs> yeah here fight it comes flight. fight flight and here's the thing is something that i gave myself permission to recently i said to myself you have permission to never access a state of fight flight ever again, you have permission to, I'm not holding mm. myself, you know, I'm not giving myself a directive, but we really only need fight flight if we are running for, for our lives. And that's not, hasn't happened to me in a very long time. It happened to me like once that I can recall. <laughs> <laughs> then in truth, you know what I mean? Wow. I was being chased by someone on the yeah. street <laughs> who was, who was not well, but yeah, if we're not being chased or, or pursued, you know, for our, for our physical lives, and maybe it happens sometimes on the freeway or something like that, it's natural. But mm -hmm. we activate fight flight, even just the state of worry, anxiety, or depression that we're walking around with is activating that what is primal and not modern in the way that we've built our lives now. And so it is the reality that you're living and the picturing of it being a past life where you're on a guillotine is real in your being, in your body, in the state that you're holding. That's the work of the subconscious and the soul. Yes. You know, and that's the work that you're doing. It's the work that I'm putting out there. It's yeah. it's what Majana and I are wanting to advance is helping people get free mm -hmm. of these impressions, whether they came through in this life or they were brought in and how horrific they were or not. We're all dealing with something. Mm -hmm. And I think the wake up call for me in this was. Um, and I mean, this is pretty fresh still in my work, is now the inquiry to take a look at how much of this is truly brought in. Yeah. You know, that this is so much more than just the experience of our time in this incarnation at this time. And the option of of having it there as 
a learning opportunity, the information. At this point, it's information that we can utilize well, rather than having it be in the unconscious where it is sort of utilizing us and disempowering us, the information, then we become sovereign to it when we deepen our awareness about it and around it. And then we can recognize, because again, we are not beholden to any kind of linear time, that there is still an opportunity for the one who is at the guillotine to have released the energy around it instantly and so you can kind of do that soul that reclaiming of the soul energy that was arrested in some kind of fear for all this time in this now and it changes timelines because we are superior to timelines being omnidimensional isn't that the truth mm -hmm. that's well said Thank you. roll that back and play <laughs> that again when, <laughs> when you edit this that was that was good no it you know because the release was just in the observation yes Mm -hmm. I didn't have to do anything. Right. Now I can just go, oh, yeah, wait a minute. I don't have to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, the amazing thing is the grip that it had on my, on my whole being. Right. And I was raised by great parents. You know, there was no child abuse. My goodness sakes, no. In fact, the opposite. Um. I, I grew up in an environment that never would have created or fostered that. Mm -hmm. This could only have come from something else. Mm -hmm. And it's in the ether anyway. It's in the collective unconsciousness, which we are all plugged into. So it is true. Well, I did have a very challenging childhood. And someone else like yourself has a wonderful childhood but we're still a part of this human experience where the collective unconsciousness is a part of indiv the individual unconscious mm -hmm. and in, mm -hmm. and that's how we're accessing these past or parallel timelines and events to help us to have those archetypes because at this from this perspective the guillotine is not physically happening to you so it serves as a sort of archetype and uh, uh, which is not to diminish its reality at all, but it is it, it is there to still help you to do that growth. It's still available to you as that contrast to help you to do mm -hmm. the growth that maybe I did because I did have abuse. And, you know, but even even so, there's just endless opportunities because we are eternal beings to be able to continue to resource all of these past parallel and uh, what, you know, and in this current life experiences. Are you familiar with Fred Dodson's book, Parallel Universes of Self? No, I just discovered him from from you, discovering oh, you. That's Yeah, no, that's a good one. You'll have to check that out. Okay. No, uh, I he will. Was one of the early, I think the book was written back in 2008 or okay. 10. It's been a while, but he was really the, I think, one of the first ones to write a book on parallel realities. Really? 2008. Well, I mean, I, Dolores Cannon was talking about the convoluted universe, but still, it's it's kind of not exactly parallel reality, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes, that's on the list, and everyone else. We'll have to check that out. <laughs> Fred Dodson is an author that Thomas voices his audiobooks, and I came across the Subconscious Mind Mastery podcast in which Thomas was just reading an excerpt. It was a it's a ten minute podcast, y'all. And he's reading an excerpt. He got the permission from uh, Mr. Dodson, the author, to just read this one little excerpt. And I can I tell you, I sent it to a dozen people and said, it's 10 minutes. Listen right now. Oh. 
<laughs> and it's a credit to the author, but it's also a credit to, you know, your selecting and asking him for it and also your voicing of it because the the authenticity that comes through the the narrator, the the voiceover artist is really important in that work, you know, the performer because I've 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 gotten audiobooks where it can be either the author and the author's not, you know, that's not really their talent or their mm-hmm. their their lane to actually voice their own work. I've right. gotten other ones where it is a, a voiceover artist, a, a, you know, a narrator, and you can tell they don't really connect with the material. So that sweet spot yeah. is so beautiful. And so I just want to commend oh. you to that. I mean, I, I love oh. I love voice work. So, you know, I'm a little bit of a nerd about it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, coming from somebody in Burbank, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's like you're in the, <laughs> like you don't have an ear yes you do <laughs> thank you very much trish i appreciate that my pleasure thank you are you are you um are you a, a student or a reader of neville goddard yes of course i'm like if you're not very then much. i'm gonna blow your mind right now but of course it would be impossible for you to not be <laughs> so yes neville goddard is who's passed now a teacher and an author and i mean just like feeling is the secret it is what i think it's a 60 page book mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like i read one line and i'm like oh i gotta put it down that's enough for today Whew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's so great you know what i mean it's so juicy but fred's work was is is i think very much like that so yeah fred's so, is comparable mm-hmm. well it spoke to me and i'll tell you the the amazing thing, uh, one of my favorites, and I know you you probably tell people this, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I know. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I was literally, this was 2013, so I was about three or four years into this new way of being. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I had to reconstruct my whole belief system. And can I just say that's so brave of you because having come from the evangelical Christian experience it's scary it is mm-hmm. scary the depth of that threat of blaspheming the holy spirit and everything and also oh, yeah. it's confusing because you probably like me truly loved jesus and christ and christhood and had a true experience with whatever god meant and you you have this i guess you could say programming or even brainwashing that somehow you would be denying that as well and so it's confusing and it's scary so i have to say you know commend you for for being so brave and doing that and when you get when you get out on the other side and you finally do it you're like oh actually i have more of what it was that is the truth about that but you don't know until you do it oh my goodness yes absolutely Mm -hmm. it's so freeing to be in this space of non-judgment right right um the last one of the last dominoes for me to fall was the concept of sin. Mm-hmm. I was having dinner with a guy that was recently on my podcast, Daniel Dano V. Okay. And he said that he said, well, you know, just what do you think about if there was no, no such thing as sin? I was like, my whole world had been built around that there was sin. Right. And here was the alternative. And here, you know, here was how you dealt with it. And it's the human dilemma. And boy, I got to thinking about that. And finally, I realized, well, of course, because now I think, if I'm right, from what I've seen, there are more denominations than there are verses in the Bible. I know. 
And there are 23,000 denominations and there are 22,000 something verses in the Bible. And just think about how, you know, so then there is some kind of globalized experience of what is sin or right or wrong. Not only that, then it's also that the person in the pew behind you has a different <laughs> version of it too. Like there's no, there's no, this math does not compute. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, where does the interpretation begin, Yeah. you know, or stop? It ends where I get offended. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, we can't agree on the definition of sin for one. So if everything just was, as Daniel challenged me, if everything was just so, and see, this is where Fred came in again. He did a book called Levels of Energy. Mm. It's basically the same theme as uh, David R. Hawkins did with Power Versus Force. It's just in a much easier way to understand. Mm. Um, but it's that, that things that the whole physical and non-physical realities operate in an energetic stratus, basically a ladder, mm -hmm. if you will, from low energy to high energy. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't seem so complicated to understand, but boy, we have a hard time implementing it when we think that anger or fear or greed or guilt uh, or all those things that we could throw into the bucket of low energy are lower than love and peace and beauty and creativity. Right. You think, well, duh, but what do we do when somebody cuts us off in traffic? You know, instantly mm -hmm. we go to low energy. Fight, flight. Yeah. Denial. Separation. It's our reaction. You know, right. we don't, somebody cuts us off in traffic. And I mean, first of all, that was my spot, you know, it mm -hmm. was like, and we, we don't send them love. We don't thank them. Gratitude, higher emotion. You know, that's when all the horns start flying and, you know, fingers and everything else. And yet, when you think about the, the structure of low energy, high energy, well, that's heaven and hell. And when you just extend it out into the non-physical, which he did in two subsequent books of Levels of Energy, Volume 2 and Volume 3, um, you take it out into the non-physical. And that's where we get into a whole nother discussion, but <laughs> angels and demons, if you want to go there, but you know, that's, uh, it's just basically the whole system operates on this structure of energy. Mm -hmm. Structure. This is what I, I speak to my students about that there is structure in the universe, but there truly mm -hmm. is no hierarchy because there's only one energy, but there is structure right. in the way that there is structure to a story, which facilitates us having an experience and growing by the structure. You know, I recently did, as you, you saw that I am doing a sort of series within my whole podcast, a little mini episodic on the metaphysics of the Bible. And I think it was the last episode, actually, I did talk about sin. And what's what I find fascinating, I love words. Words are, you know, they are bubbling. They we. They, they, we don't create them by accident. They are a representation of the subconscious. And yet they are limited. They're really, they're just actually in the excerpt of that podcast that I tell everyone, it, Fred talks about belief wrappers. And so they're sort of, words are, are just packages or they're signposts pointing to a frequency. But the frequency is much less, is not limited. It is because it is, it is unlimited because it will, 
as it is aligned with love, then it's going to lead you to the frequency, the shade of energy that's next to it and so on and so forth. The word sin mm. in the way that we use it in the English language is, is derived from archery when we, you miss the mark. And right. that alone, just freeing it from a judgment and the decision that there is something that is right or wrong in a pejorative, in a separated way, just missed the mark, just mm -hmm. a mistake. And, you know, I'm in Hollywood. You have a mistake, but you always have another take. And so it's okay. Ooh. You learned <laughs> right. from it. You get to do it again. You get to do, yeah. Right. And so there is there is learning to happen in sin or a mistake because there there's perhaps something there's if it's not correct is maybe better than right or wrong correct for mm. what will lead you to that higher alignment of your frequency then then there's learning there's there's and the learning may look like making amends or atoning and that's all a part of healing and that's all a part of growth and words to me it's like when we're talking about that spectrum of frequency and we the frequency of love and then, you know, maybe at the bottom of that frequency is fear. And the words that you mentioned, like peace, clarity, and of course, love, those are more like living words. Those are like beings of light. Those are eternal. Those are true. They exist on all of the dimensions because they're aligned with the one and they are the one. But then words that are separation oriented are like the thought forms that do not exist on all of the dimensions. They don't exist on the higher dimensions. So they're more of the limited thought forms. And it's this idea, this principle of living words, alive words, and thought forms, which are limited and kind of constrained in something that is more mm. of that discordant energy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And that's what sin or mistake or incorrectness gives us the opportunity to, to go into that growth experience. Here's a great story with an example of how quickly we can fall out of that higher level when we get in our daily routine. Mm -hmm. Fred gave me permission to package this and take it out in a, a little trial course that we're still playing with. I'd say it's still in beta, but I presented it to a group of realtors. And the gentleman who owned the franchise of this real estate firm had worked with a friend of mine on pitching to sell her home. Now, this friend is an elderly lady. So, Coming in hot is not the way to appeal to her <laughs> or to win the contract. <laughs> so this guy came in hot. He had another associate with him from the from the firm. They came in. They made their big pitch. He was like, da, 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 da. and boy, I'm sure he left thinking, man, I was on, you know. Mm -hmm. But there was zero connection mm. with her. And she was actually offended yeah. because it was so strong and because he didn't ask about her dog, you know, oh. and somebody else obviously got the contract. It was a multi-million dollar home. Mm. Um, so when we did the present, he, he asked me to come do this presentation at his firm. And what was funny is one of his big producers in the audience after we talked about, you know, love and connection and compassion and those higher emotions that we're talking about are higher than driving your own agenda. Yes. And she was like, well, yeah, that's what we do every day. And this owner of the firm raised his hand and he said, let me tell you a story. And he completely ratted on himself. It was <laughs> perfect. 
And he said, you know, he said, look, yeah, I sat out there in the parking in the in the driveway and said, let's get out and in and out of here in less than an hour. You know, Mm -hmm. he was completely in his own lower energy, self driven greed, primarily. Let's get this contract and let's get this house sold so that we can make some more money. Mm -hmm. And at the top of the scale, the top of the structure was a little old lady with a dog yeah. who just wanted to be talking about the weather. And she's a Gemini too, by the way, and you don't talk about anything for very long. With, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you flirt around, you come back and you go, oh, we're, now we're over here. And what about the Broncos? This was in Colorado, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about things around to get to the point. And had he done that, he would have made several uh, six figures a couple of times over on commissions. So when we think about the structure of this and applying it in our life and those moments that we get caught short when, when our lower emotions, our lower self takes back over and we get angry or we get snappy or we get grumpy or we go down the scale, it's just a great reminder to bring ourselves back up. Wait a minute. It's all about the other person. It's about the connection. It's about the love. It's about the giving. It's about the release of ourself. Mm-hmm. Those are the higher emotions. And you know well, what do we naturally attract when we swim in the, in the lower pond? Right. <laughs> right. We attract the muck. Right. And what do we naturally attract? I mean, the universe will just provide when we live from love. And we live from concern of others and we put others first and we we're we're thinking more about the gratitude and the peace and the joy and service rather than what we can get. And we get a whole different outcome. So true. You know, the the way that creation happens is by positively charged energy. And, you know, we say positive and negative and we think good and bad and that's fine. But there's no there's getting into words again, there's no um, coincidence that positively charged energy is the energy that so far as from the, the, the perspective of physics or physical energy is the energy that actually builds and creates. Now negative energy is that which dematerializes and composts and transmutes and, and, and that's all great too but the positive mm-hmm. energy is the building energy and the negative energy is the negating energy so if you bring that limited energy into something that would be a sales pitch I you're in Texas, so I accident. I have to call myself out. I just said energy. <laughs> That's my Texas accent coming up. Limited energy. <laughs> I always say, this is my fake accent. <laughs> Limited energy. Uh, the negating energy. Then it's going to create a relationship, uh, an anti-relationship. It's going to negate the, 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 pos- the possibility of connection and contact and that's what she was there for the lady the lady with the dog she was there to connect right right exactly and it works in every industry it's it's you know we're not just a couple of woo-woos here it's just true and there are there are cleverer and wiser kinds of even industries like for example i think google and everything and they're actually bringing mindset and recognizing it just from that place of wisdom that that's actually how success happens is connection, you know, that's, mm-hmm. you can't really get around it. They're teaching it all over the world now. Mm-hmm. Google is from a nonprofit that was incubated out of Google. Right. And interestingly, my partner, Majana, is licensed in that. 
and oh. certified and she's putting a program together to take that out. So amazing. I love it. Yeah, no, I mean, because that is, that's what, that's what can heal families. It can heal workplaces. It can heal any environment is when we, when we acknowledge and respect the other. And we have, again, this word that keeps coming up. I wonder why the word structure keeps coming up <laughs> while we're sitting under Saturn and Pluto. Hmm. <laughs> In Capricorn. <laughs> Yeah, but when we have that structure of connection and that structure of communication that honors the other person, yes, it can shift so much. By the way, can I just mention one thing? Please. That podcast that you're talking about, if you go to Subconscious Mind Mastery and find that podcast, it's one of the ones that was released in January 2020. And it was uh, called Belief Rappers. Mm -hmm. So just wanted to make sure people could find that because I would hearing those voices in my headphones saying, where can I get that podcast? Totally. That? Well, yeah. We'll, and by the way, link <laughs> in the description, whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on a podcast outlet, link will be right there in the description too. So you can. Oh, perfect. Yes. Thank you. That's great. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. It's, yeah. it's again, it's 10 minutes and I listened to it four times in a row on the first day that I heard it. <laughs> I, I emailed Fred. So that's, that's from a book of collection of it's like 42 little vignette of little 10 minute vignettes. Like essays, um, of basically. all kinds of topics. Love it's a, it. That's great. Yeah, it's it's um, because you can sample what works for you and then mm -hmm. things that don't apply, you can just skip to the next chapter. That's so great. What a great structure. I, that was chapter 26. And when I landed on that, I emailed him immediately and I said, oh my gosh, can I, can I make a podcast of this? I hadn't even gone, I hadn't finished the book yet. Yeah. And I said, can we just make it a little tease? The book's actually, as we're talking right now, the end of January 2020. The book is not quite out yet. Audible is doing their final stuff and it will be soon, but it's uh, it's called Essays of Creating Reality Book Four. Um, that's where it, where it lives along with several other. Boy, I, actually a couple of the chapters right after it were really good too, but that one was a standout. And he said, he came back and he said, yeah, that was my favorite chapter too. Yeah. Well, pass on to him that, you know, how excited I am and, and many others that are being turned on to it because I think it's really brilliant and so clear. And actually, it inspired my last uh, couple of episodes ago of this podcast to partially, at least in part, ex ex inspired it with my friend Crystal Ann Compton. We did mm. an episode talking about the fourth dimension, entities, ghosts, and thought forms. Very much talked about thought forms because, and partly because he talks about thought forms so much and belief wrappers. And the, the, the gift and the really almost like the main thing kind of I think we came here to do, which was to understand that we manipulate energy and we can pause, we can use thought forms in a positive manner. And, and, and I mean, like the idea of thought forms, it's a gradient, it's a gradient scale. So like I was saying, even just a word is a thought form or mm -hmm. um, a habit or a ritual, so long as we are maintaining our place of mastery and recognizing it as or, or creator of it and recognizing it is the creation that is facilitating and that an interest. And then we actually partner with our creation to create something new, which is what source energy <laughs> did with us, <laughs> does right, with us. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I wanted to, and that thought doesn't necessarily, I mean, that thought form, yeah. obviously it can be a word or it can be just self-talk. It can be so much. And then on to, you know, the crazy things that Crystal and I got into in that episode. And we talk about it becoming something that is more sophisticated in the etheric realm. And it can 
attract to it some entity and you know what i mean like all of that but again Ooh, yeah. it's all there as a pattern to show you what you are creating whether it be conscious or unconscious and you're always you are always um master of it because you are co-master with every single other expression of source energy one energy you know i landed on that as i was um as you say taking a look and doing some research on your work and didn't have time to get all the way through it but now i will i'm go back <laughs> and I, I can't wait to digest your your series on the bible oh thank you thank you so much yeah the, very a lot of interested the episodes in seeing what you have to say there yeah it's so fun it's like i feel like i'm calling this a mini a mini series of but i feel like i could talk on it forever there's just so much so much fun in in that work because i really and truly did have my spiritual growth initially in partnership with that system so there's you know what i mean mm -hmm. in any sacred work any system of humanity there is probably gold there is there is truth mm -hmm. I and there's ask distortion you, yeah absolutely 100 percent. i wanted to ask you are do you do you work with human design at all do you know this system i do and I do know it. I've tried to visit it a couple of times mm -hmm. and here's where I am with it. Maybe you could give me some advice. Well, I'm new to it and I'm no, I'm no teacher or expert, but yeah, let, let me, let me hear. <laughs> we'll see. So here's the thing. I think it's a, I think it's a very interesting system. I was doing, I was incorporating it into some readings that I was doing. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped because I found a couple of other things inside uh, ancient astrology that I think are more tangible and significant. Mm -hmm. Fred taught me one thing that mm -hmm. oh, so transformative, keep things simple. Totally. Yes. And I, even if you're learning a complex system, keep your learning of it simple. Like astrology to me is very complex. I am no astrologer, <laughs> but you know, working with my sun, moon, and ascendant is simple. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I can, and then, right. you know, I'll expand into other areas as it is simple. I like that. Yeah, that's great advice. So I, be, being someone who historically had overcomplicated much of my life <laughs> in various ways, um, I've taken that to heart. So what I've tried to do is incorporate and find things that are simpler, or as you say, even taking a complex thing and breaking it down into something that is simple. Mm -hmm. I haven't been able to do that yet with human design. It's a complex system to me. Well, see, and I, it is. And, but again, you're an astrologer. So <laughs> that to me is, that's right. like telling me, why don't you learn Chinese tomorrow? And I'm like, what? Oh, right. You know, so um, what I like about human design is, they, the teachers of it and the founder of it really keep it simple. And their, their suggestion is to just work with your strategy and authority. And those are like mm -hmm. sim very simply mapped out. And for example, if you are um, a generator, that's one Which of the I types. Am. You're a generator. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm a generator. I, yep. I can actually, I'm pretty good at intuiting. Uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll just say that I've never, I so far in my reading of someone's type, I, I can, because I'm, I'm actually a reflector, which is the, mm. 
And mm. so I feel how the aura works in a person. And yeah. it's pretty easy. Yeah. So the generator um, is the, the, the strategy is to wait to respond. And then mm-hmm. the authority depends on the, the other parts of your chart. But it may perhaps it is emotional and that's your authority. And that's your inner authority. And that, that's just experiment with it. And I like how the suggestion of the teachers is always just experiment with it and s- mm-hmm. see how that works mm-hmm. for you. And so that's where I am with it. And uh, with, but I thought I was curious because you are an astrologer and it does utilize astrology as one of the most. Oh, I love another system. If you haven't found this one too, is called destiny cards, Robert Lee camp, destiny cards, destiny cards. That's a fascinating system that takes a 52 deck card uh, deck of cards um, and go it. The, the tool goes back to ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. In fact, supposedly the history is that using that deck and the four suits did not become recreational until like around the time of Napoleon. Right. So we're going back to, and it was brought through by the, the um, Magi Society. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, you talk about some, whoa, you look at that and you're going, Oh my goodness. I mean, it reads you like a book and it uh, breaks things out in periods of 13. So 13 years, 13 weeks, uh, cycles, and it's planetary based as well. But back to, to, um, human design, Mm -hmm. I just narrated, I just finished narrating a book for Stephen Forrest. He's one of the premier astrologers in the world. And oh my gosh, is he a great writer? And it was called his Book of Fire. It's an elements series. So the next one that I'm working on is the Book of Earth and then Ooh, the Book of Air I'm and super the into Water. That. I work with, uh, I mean, I work with the elemental realms. It's very much, so that's exciting to me. That's how oh, I- re- listen, the Book of Fire is so good. That's how yeah. I kind of relate to astrology fundamentally is by the elements mm-hmm. because that's, mm-hmm. what I, that's what I feel deeply. Well, you would love this series then because A, it's written in- non-astrology ease (laughs) you don't have to be an astrologer you don't have to know anything about it um he he starts talking about fire Mm -hmm. because the chart obviously the tropical zodiac that we follow in western astrology begins in the spring with aries in the first house and he talks about you walk out on your porch one spring morning and you see a, a little nest up in a tree and you look up in the nest and you see five little eggs in the nest and you check back in a few days and there are five little baby robins that are demanding food. <laughs> They're demanding a right to live. Yeah. You know, they, they want life. And he, he equates that to fire, you know, that's fire energy. So it's just, it's really cool how he threads it all together. Ooh, that, that wins but, my heart. If you're going to talk about baby animals, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> all in. Right. Right. And one of the things, one of the recurring themes through his book that I just loved, oh, this was so good, is you take an astrological chart. Okay. That's an imprint of energy mm-hmm. at the very moment of our birth. Right. And that stays with us. So we, in one way or another, what he was saying is those energies are going to show up in our life, whether we're conscious to astrology or not, those playouts, if you will, are going to unfold through the synchronicities of our life. They're going to present us with the opportunities to live that chart or to not live that chart. 
And that's where I don't get into predictive stuff because right. I think we have the ultimate vote. Right. We have free, free will. We have choice. And the synchronicities of the energies that we were, that when we got locked onto that, and that's where I think these planetary-based systems are so just amazing. Mm-hmm. Human design, I'm a generator. So what that says is, wait for the opportunities. Yeah. Wait for the synchronicities. Yes. And then I'm sacral. Go with your gut, even through, as it says, a verbal, you know, yeah. where you're connecting with, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-uh. Yes. <laughs> For those of you sacrals, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh-uh. You know, where you get and and you're resonating with that sound or that tone and you're connecting that with what you feel in your gut. Yeah. And then you make your decision. Mm-hmm. And that is brilliant because what it says is life will bring you all the opportunities that you need to stay on your path. I love it. And how beautiful is that? It how, you know, kind of being so connected yeah. and uh, t- connected to, well, I, I teach and resonate so much with how as above, so below, you know, nature is the, is the mm-hmm. imprint of spirit and how the ecosystem just works perfectly. And this seed doesn't argue with the wind as it's being carried along and placed exactly where it will be <laughs> most relevant and most nourished, and then thereby being able to give its greatest and highest offering back to the ecosystem. Mm, I love that. I, uh, I, I, one of my friends who is an astrologer too, she just has um, started to get into interested in the human design system. And she says that, by the way, her name is Lauren Antufermo, my, my dear friend. She was on a few episodes ago. And she says <laughs> what she's finding so awesome about human design as, is the applicability of it and how it is teaching her about how she can actually utilize her aura and utilize her field and how it works. Mm. And that's that's a, a, also a very basic principle. There's a like a seven minute video on YouTube channel called Jovian Archive, I think. And mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. the founder of it, Ra Uruhu, talking about the four different aura types and just v- really simply saying the generator has an open and enveloping aura. And like just that alone, I'm like, oh, then I know what generators feel like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's why. It's... <laughs> just look at their aura, right? I just feel it. You know, I'm my and I'm an, a reflector, and my reflect my my aura is um, sampling and also resilient because <laughs> I have all open centers and I, I'm the one percent of the population completely open centers, and so I'm sampling everything. But mm, because I'm mm. so totally open, I can also release absolutely everything, sample but not identify to. So. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's how I feel it. That's nice. We, oh my gosh, we are over time probably. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to keep you all day long. This this has been just so edifying, enlightening, uh, insp- inspiring. I, I, I really am so very grateful for you to have come on and to offer all the, all the work that you're doing. Everyone, please do go find... I'm super excited about the Fun Astrology podcast and find this Subconscious Mind Mastery. Find the books that that Thomas is narrating. I mean, Fred Dodson, I'm I'm his brand new super fan and I can't wait to get <laughs> get deep yeah, into you, all of these books. It's 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 amazing material. Yeah. It truly is life transformative for sure. Is there 
Is there anything else you would like to share as we wrap up this episode? I'm so very excited and proud to have been a part of and so much gratitude Trisha, to you, Thomas. Yeah, well, and, and returning that back, thank you for, you know, I mean, this it's so amazing how the universe works. And when you just see it so many times over and over that that I was mentioning before we got going that um, John and I have had Los Angeles just in our in our awareness and our consciousness recently. And then here you just out of nowhere, I get this email and and um, connect with you and you're right plunk in the middle of it. My friend who sold the six million dollar house yeah. is in Los Angeles now. Well, um, that so sounds like something to respond to. I'm just going to say <laughs> as a generator, I don't know. <laughs> I know exactly. Right. <laughs> so we have another little commitment here. But, you know, just to make contact with you yeah. and I'd love to just here publicly invite you to come on Subconscious Mind Mastery. <gasps> so if we could do this oh again for another hour, that would be great. So honored. My goodness, please. Yes. Thank you. And would love to introduce the people who listen to my show to your work, because what I've seen, what you are doing and the voice that you have and just not only that, but the style in which you are doing it with excellence in every area says so much to me um, that I would love to introduce. But, you know, it's just it's it, the synchronicity. There's that again of all of this is just so amazing. So who knows where all of this goes? We'll do another interview and and um, and we'll just keep going from there. But thank you for uh, for inviting me on. And one of the ways that I close all of my podcast episodes is just to say, enjoy the journey. Mm because that's what it is. It's a journey. And when we get to the point where we finally enjoy it, then it gets to be one heck of a ride. <laughs> it yes. truly does. Indeed. Well, again, how wonderful. I want to give a shout out to my um, dear friend and colleague who is the one who suggested Subconscious Mind Mastery a couple of weeks ago or whenever it was. And it's my friend, Jeremy Stangness. And I have to say hi, Jeremy, and thank you so much. And hey, Jeremy, thank yeah, you yeah. from my perspective. Appreciate that. He's probably blushing right now. Like, is he so, like, he's so sweet. And Email my, me at thomas at subconsciousmindmastery.com and I'll send you a free audiobook download code. How about that? Oh my gosh, that's Jeremy. amazing. Yeah, Jeremy, do yeah. that, okay? Oh, wow, how do wonderful. It. <laughs> All right. Thank you again to um, Thomas Miller. And I'm looking to, I'm seeing it. Well, we have your, we have your, um, is it subconsciousmymastery.com? I was looking for the email, for the um, website address. It's in the, well, we have it in the description. Do check We're out. We're in the process work. of consolidating our work. And yeah. basically, if you wanted to throw another one down, okay. just it's soulfoodtalks.com. So we're moving all of our podcasts to that and just a bunch of other stuff. So soulfoodtalks.com is probably going to be the best place to get us going forward. Sounds great. All right. Are you still doing readings, by the way? I keep, I keep almost signing off and then I have another I had to question. close it. I'm doing a radio show here in Dallas. Um, the, the pressure on my time right now is such that I needed to be off in integrity. Yeah. Steve Forrest, who I'm doing this book, if you get on his list to do a recorded reading, you will wait four years. I didn't want to do that yeah. just from a standpoint of not having people lingering that much because so many people want to know information now. Yeah. And I got way behind when I opened up and started doing readings that I, that people were waiting too long. So I wanted to complete what I had 
I've got a really full plate for the next several months, and then we'll take a look at what we're going to do later when I get everything caught up and I can step back into it with integrity. So I'm, I on, am on hold. in the same way. I'm in the same boat. I have, I'm not taking any new clients right now. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. I have some that I, a small set that I'm working with, but yeah, with the teaching that I do and everything. And that's great. That's good. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's how it is. That's the synchronicity of what's available, as you said earlier. You know what we love, John and I love to do this is sometimes people will write in, which we always appreciate love getting the emails and sometimes ones will just touch our heart and we'll come in here in the booth and just send them an email uh, not an email answer but a recorded answer yeah that's it's like great. their own little podcast oh my gosh people love that yeah oh so what a wonderful don't tell anybody but we might do that <laughs> that's a wonderful suggestion do you mind if i <laughs> borrow it and, and we steal it you may <laughs> borrow it absolutely people love it you know that's that's the connection and see mm -hmm. Here's the advantage of seeing a little bit around the corner through the astrology is that's where we're headed. We're headed to an Aquarian era mm -hmm. of more social interaction, interconnectivity, the uh, elevation of the group consciousness. Mm -hmm. Facebook is just and Twitter, you know, social media just cracking the surface of what this wave is going to be. And that's where we're headed. So we might as well in any ways that we can to step down off of the stage or, you know, not be so isolated where John and I met just this week and talking about how can we make ourselves more intertwined with the community. And I think that's where this is headed. The idea of the teacher, mm -hmm. you, I mean, you always have to have that position, but I mean, what we've done is just shared our journey. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not trying to put ourselves in the position of any kind of authority. We're just, we're sharing our lives. It's out there. It's raw, you know, living out out loud on the internet for seven years now. And I think Powerful. the more that we can get interconnected with people, the more we can bring them into our worlds, the more we can share, the better. Mm. Powerful. Yes. Yes. To all of that. Oh, well, with that, I will thank you again for this episode and invite everyone to check out all of Thomas's work and to for any of the podcasts or YouTube or anything that you are watching or listening to. If you like, subscribe, comment, share, that is really enhancing the light. So I invite you to do that with this program, with all of Thomas's podcasts and work as well. And such an honor to have Thomas Miller on and to everyone who is connecting, my deepest gratitude and appreciation to you. As always, thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are.